What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, What's Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Joey, what is your favorite subject? My favorite subject? Yeah. The infinite banking concept. Yeah, but what do you like to hear most? I like to hear what people are doing. Right. On the scenes, what's working, what's not, all those sort of things. Well, today is about us sharing our own personal experience with how we're managing our own personal policy. So each one of our coaches today, you're going to get to hear from not only share their experience, but also some tips of what they wish they would have done and what they have done to be more successful. I mean, this is this is exactly what the inner circle is all about, right? You're hearing it on the round table, but to go deeper, you gotta be a part of this inner circle, right? You get to hear the failures that somebody else has made so that you don't make them. What is that gonna do? It's gonna make your financial freedom journey that much shorter and smoother. Well, I also think as a part of the inner circle, you get to ask questions of our coaches during the roundtable discussion at the end of this, where you then get to hear what other people are doing and how it impacts not only you, but also you get to listen to other people asking questions and maybe you're learning from it. Like we had somebody in here was sharing, hey, I've, I've always wondered how, you know, using a lot of credit may work against my life insurance policy. Is it a good fit? And we were able to kind of walk through what that looks like for them. As we get into this discussion, I do want to share a personal story. Is that okay? Oh, always. So one of my daughters, she came up to me uh, this past weekend and said, hey, dad, how much will you pay me for this bucket of pine bark? Like you're talking about bark just off of a tree bark? It, it literally was off a tree, but it's like the pine bark. You know, she was thinking, hey, you guys, we have pine bark mulch in front of our house in the flower bed. Yeah. Dad must want to have more of this. He loves that stuff. Why Why can't I just go shave it off a tree and, and sell it to him, right? Like physically shave it? That's what I asked her. I said, where'd you get this? She said, off a tree. I said, was it um, dead tree? She goes, uh, about that. It might be now. Yeah. So then I had to explain <laughs> to her how bark is a part of the growth of the tree. It protects the tree. Let's don't do that again. I said, but here's the economics lesson, right? And our kids are always wanting to learn and my kids are always interested in how to make money. So I was having to explain to her, I said, here, hate to tell you this, but this this uh, five-gallon bucket of pine bark that you've got, I could probably get three times that for $5 down at the Home Depot. Ooh, did she? Did her face drop? Yeah, she didn't like that at all. She didn't like the fact that uh, she'd spent an hour and a half getting a third Ooh. of what I could get for five bucks. So her instant response was, okay, so what will you pay me for it? Forget all that. Now, let's get down to breast. So I, I just said, look, you know, I know this is fresh. This is homemade, if you will. I'll give you three bucks. You and your cousin can split it. So last night she's hitting me up. Dad, where's my dollar fifty? <laughs> I need that dollar fifty. You owe me the dollar fifty for the pine bark. Now, I don't even know if she spread it out, where it's at. Who knows? I, I'm probably going to get another bark. It's going to be the same bucket in, in a couple of days. Hey, I need another three bucks. I got another, another, another five-gallon bucket of bark here. 
Well, I hope I for that. your discussion and, and for your interest today that you get something more than the dollar fifty of pine bark that my daughter got for me. Uh, today's po- topic, I believe, will help you get closer to financial freedom. I know we're always wanting to learn more about our systems, so let's jump in and belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the IBC Roundtable, where each week we go deeper into your favorite subject, the infinite banking concept. I am one of your hosts, the idea guy, Russ Morgan, sitting at the table with the best coaches in the infinite banking nation. To my right, the Italian stallion, he's got the license plate cover to prove it, Mr. Joey Murray. What's up, Joey? Yo, yo, yo. Happy to be here. You ready to share some personal stuff today? Man, I'm an open book. I mean, more personal than the 98 Diner story that I got to hear just the other day. Yeah. By the way, my wife was like, you guys got to work on that. She didn't like that. She's like, that's a stretch. She's like, I love the story. The connection. But the connection between that and the passive income report, she's like, you can do better. Does she know that? I the appreciate conne- that. Does she way. know that our warm-up music today was connected by stereo MCs? No, she did not. You got to get connected, bro. Yep. You got to let her know. I appreciate it, though. All right. Well, to your right. The man I affectionately like to call the Indiana Jones of finance, Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. What's up, Ern? <laughs> Not that you're playing favorites, but how affectionate out of the, you know one out of ten compared to the other guys? <laughs> I I'm gonna put you at a solid six and a half. <laughs> no, brother, you you're my eleven, man. This scale yes. goes to eleven with you. Goes to eleven. I thought so. There's a lot of affection. In one there. more. This one goes to eleven. Everybody loves uh, a little. Um, I just it's just spinal tap. Spinal tap. Uh, spinal tap. The movie. Reference I've heard you. I've heard you reference that so many times, and I've never even watched the movie. Ah, so. Such a bad movie, but so good to reference. All right, let's get across the table. Let's get to our man between two bamboos, our re- resident pilot, Mister Mark Carguchi. How are you today, Mark? Pretty good, guys. Pretty good. Happy to be back. Yeah, glad to have you. Grateful to have your Hawaiian shirt. You ready to talk a little bit about your own personal infinite banking system today? I am. I am. It's time for some shameless promotion. All right, let's do it. <laughs> it's one thing we can do is talk about ourselves, and that's what today's all about. <laughs> but before we get there, let's let the man, the legend, the man with a million dollar smile, Mr. Incredible, JD Hill. How are you today, JD? I, if I were any better, you know what I'd be? I'd be twins. <laughs> that's what I would be. Uh, I, I I will be a little um, plug here. I had no idea that you were being honest about Joey's license plate cover until I saw it for myself. And you're being honest. He actually does have the license plate to prove it. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's one of a kind. JD, did you get a chance to see the video I tagged you in with Joey running up the steps in Pennsylvania? I did, and I made a wonderful comment yeah not pennsylvania well i I wasn't in the entire state i was just in philadelphia yeah you were technically in pennsylvania i was that's right you were running up steps in pennsylvania 
I mean, you, you, you lose, if you want to hone it in to... I'm just saying, you lose the whole effect if you don't say Philadelphia. What was it, like the Library of Philly or something like that? What's that building called? I don't remember. It was a museum. It was a museum, I think. I'm pretty sure. It's the Rocky Building. That's all you need to know. It's the Rocky Steps. Yeah. Well, we'll have to share that with the Inner Circle. Speaking of the Inner Circle, if you're not in the Inner Circle, here's your opportunity. You go to wealthwaltwallstreet.com and go forward slash Inner Circle. You get to take part in the discussion as we finish this podcast every single week and ask these coaches questions to get help with what you're struggling with, need advice from other people that are in the Inner Circle. That's where deeper conversations really happen. But today, for today's podcast, we're talking about how our coaches manage their own personal infinite banking system of policies. So first take, Ern. How do I manage my personal system? Yeah, just on the just take on the concept okay. or topic right. today. Right now, right now, I'm just I need to speed up time. That's where I'm at. You need, need a time machine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I need to I need to go by faster. All right. JD, what's your first take today? My first take is I look at my policy as this 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 place where all I'm doing is trying to create as much passive income as possible. And I just I just have tunnel vision, right? And and because of that tunnel vision, my policy is just it's like I want to put every dollar I absolutely can in there so I can go create as much passive income as possible. Love it. Mark, your first take today. My first take is that I may not be at the point where all of my dollars go into premium. However, all of my dollars go into my policy, uh, whether it's paying down a policy loans or actual premiums themselves. That's how I am getting all of my dollars into my system. Nice. Joseph? I, I hear a couple, when we, this topic comes up, a couple things jump out at me. One, the word system is important. And I have a lot of thoughts on that. And the second thing is I'm going to probably be the one that's going to give people more hope that you don't have to be ridiculously hands-on. I'm super hands-off today and how I manage my system than I was years ago. Okay. I like that. And I think for me personally, today's subject, as we talk about what our systems look like, mine looks so much different today than it did five years ago. I want to I want to dig deeper though. Every one of you guys had a really interesting comment. Ernie, you mentioned something I've heard others talk about before, but I, I want to get your kind of thoughts on it. You said, I wish time would go by faster. Like you needed think more time. What is what does that mean? Right. Well, so we're at the end of May right now, and my next policy, I just paid a premium. My next policy anniversary is in November. Okay. And I've got I need I've got cash to pay the premium. I just want that anniversary to come, so I want time to go by faster. So when I and by the way, I I didn't always pay my premiums annually. When I started my first policy, I paid it all monthly, the base and the PUA monthly. And then the second year, I paid the base monthly and I paid the PUA annually. Then I started my second policy and I paid it all annually, both policies annually. And I started my third policy and now I'm paying them all annually. And here we are, just paid a premium, got several more months to go, and I've already got the cash ready for these next premiums. I got no loan repayments, got cash for premium, and it's either a new policy or get that anniversary to come you up. So you have no loan repayments? Policy, all policies are full. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's and a problem. 
that that is a really cool sign that you have. And, and we hear that from time to time. People that are really getting IBC say that same thing that, man, I just need time to go by faster because I, I see what's happening with these policies. I got to get more money yeah. into them. I'm ready for it. it you talked about the first one. I, I, I don't uh, know if I've shared this before, but my first policy I bought, I've shared it on the on the podcast, my Ohio National Policy I bought back in 2010, January 2010. The first year I paid it annually. The next annual premium came due, and I didn't know where the money was going to come from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so shocked. Yeah, we were literally opposite. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where, how in the world am I going to pay that annual premium? And I was like, well, I could go to monthly, but I really like the concept of annually because it was a little bit less than what the monthly mm -hmm. would be. And I like to have access to all the money up front, but I didn't have the money. So here's what I did. I went to actually to my stepmom who had a CD renewing at the time. And I said, look, you got a CD renewing for $25,000. What is it going to pay? She's like, they're wanting to give me about a, a one and a half percent on it. I was like, I tell you what, I'll give you 3%. She goes, how are you going to do that? It's like, you just give me the $25. I'll pay you what the 3% is a month. Uh, for the next 12 months. And she was like, that sounds like a good deal. So I made my annual premium monthly by paying her that. And of course, then I had access to, to the full 25,000 that was in the policy. And I used it throughout that year to do other different things. And uh, interesting sidebar story. All right, JD, you said though, and it maybe that was kind of like where I was, you had tunnel vision, you, you could see one thing. Now you're seeing cash flow, passive income. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so um, you know, it's 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 interesting just getting clarity on what you want. And for me, I have just subscribed fully to the idea of stop trading time for money. You know, having uh three boys, young boys, uh four, six, and seven, you know, it's it's created this desire for me to actually want to make that a reality, not just talk about it. Mm. And so my policies have legitimately just been the means for us to do that. So anytime a passive income opportunity presents itself, I'm like, let's do it. And if I don't have the money in my policies to do it, I'll borrow money from somebody else to go do it. Like I'm just in this insane accumulation mode of creating as much passive income as possible and trying to find any way that I can to do that. Uh, and so the dollars for me inside of my policy have one job and one job only, and that's to go create more dollars. They're like little warriors. Mm. Mm. Well, it, when you get that mindset too, you create a goal for yourself, it's easier to start focusing on it, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Because way, before it, it, it became like a really neat tool, right? And, and that was really all it was. But when I, when I connected it to the big thing, you know, it, it um, I don't know, I, just, I guess I became more comfortable with the idea of it. By the way, so I, I, I'm glad you brought this up because I think... Russ and I have reflected a little bit on this before we started the podcast. We were just saving money in a different location. We were putting money in a place that gave us guarantees, gave us tax benefits. It wasn't volatile like the, the stock market. It was just, you know, it was an alternative place, but it really didn't have a whole lot more meaning to us than, than that until opportunities were, were found. Like we were going out and talking to these experts in these different passive income fields and saying, wait a minute, we could use our policy to do X, Y, or Z, whatever that is. And I mean, that has made all the difference in the world. Cause we, like you said, we anchored it with 
a why or a, a final destination that we wanted to send that money to. And that is a, that's a tremendous difference. Okay. I've heard enough about infinite banking. I'm pretty sure it's a fit for me and my family, Russ. How do I get started? Let's take that pretty sure and make it darn sure. The reason you do that is that you get clarity, Joe. You need to get on a 15-minute call with one of our coaches at westwellwallstreet.com forward slash free call. Then you'll know where you're starting from and where you're headed, and only then can you implement the infinite banking process. All right, so go to westwellwallstreet.com forward slash free call to get that 15-minute conversation, gain clarity. But now let's jump back into today's episode. Well, it's exactly what Ernie, when you said a second ago, waiting for time to go by, that's kind of what was happening for you and I. I mean, we were we were building up cash. We were stacking cash, didn't know exactly what to do with it, didn't have a vision, didn't have a goal. And once that goal became very clear, as it has, I've seen that fire burning in you, J.D., over the last 12 months, when that fire becomes really clear, like the goal becomes clear, you can go 100 miles an hour at it, Right. And Mark, you said something when I was kind of going around the first take, you said that all of your money is not going in premiums, but it is going into your policy. I'd love for you to break that down because somebody listened to this practically, maybe they've read Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. And there's a section in there where he says that your income should equal premiums. And that's unfathomable for most of us. But you've said, I, not all my money is going to premiums, but all my money is going to my policy. Yeah, so in like a perfect contrast to Russ not knowing how he was going to come up with his premium, uh, I built a spreadsheet, and so I wanted to know what's my monthly income, what's my monthly expenses, what's left over, and if I knew, let's just take for example, I had a twelve thousand dollar annual premium. Well, that means throughout the year I would need to be setting aside a thousand bucks every single month, so that by the end I'd have the twelve grand. Well, the problem is if I have a thousand dollars going into a checking account one month and then another thousand and another thousand, how much does it cost me to have that thousand dollars sitting idly on the side? So if I have an opportunity or in my specific scenario, if I have a policy loan, which is outstanding, well, I know that every month a thousand dollars is costing me at a, at a current rate 5%. So I can put it in the bank and make Point zero zero, whatever they feel like giving me, or I could take that thousand bucks and pay down my outstanding loan balance. And right there, poof, I immediately got a 5% kickback, if you will, because now I wasn't charged for that being outstanding. So that's, that's where my mind went. You know, that's the geek in me um, with spreadsheets and wanting to look at it from that angle. No, I love that. And, and I may be still in a little bit, I know you and I were talking about this a second ago, but I had a conversation yesterday with the client where really smart guy makes a lot of money, still trying to figure out infinite banking though. He liked the concept of having a place to put some cash, but never bought into putting all of his cash there. So he calls me yesterday. He's been a client for years, probably seven or eight. And he says, hey, I got an opportunity to, to do a deal, put 100,000 in, they'll pay me 6%, plus I'll have 30% of the future valuation of the company. I feel good about the opportunity. My question to you is, should I take a policy loan, which by the way, he's never taken a policy loan in seven years, or should I just use money sitting in my savings account? Well, how much do you have sitting in your savings account? It's like, well, I don't really want to tell you. Maybe 2 million. 
And I'm like, okay, just a little bit of, you know, suspended change, right? <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, of course. I would use the the hundred thousand from your savings account. Why would you pay the five percent interest or whatever the insurance company's loan rate is to do that? Right? I mean, that doesn't make sense. By the way, anybody shocked by that answer that Russ just gave? Use cash? What? Well, because here's here's the real question or, or comment I made to him afterward was, why the crap do you have that much cash sitting in your checking account? That's or in your savings account? That's the problem right? Had over the last seven years we've been working together, you've been taking that extra cash and putting it away into your insurance policy. Not only would you have at least that much, probably more, but you would then be in a position to borrow against that cash without ever stopping its growth, which I believe is the way to create our own financial Tesla, if you will, where we can do two things at once, drive cars, do cool stuff. In this situation, have our cash and interest <laughs> And do cool stuff, right? Drive I mean, cars, do cool stuff. Whatever, right? Write <laughs> that down. So here, here's the, the 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 dilemma that he was dealing with is that he didn't have a place for it. And Mark, where you found is that you found a way to put your cash into the insurance contract. You got it all going there. And then you found cool stuff to do with the money that created more cash flow. But when you had other cash flows coming from other places, you're like, well, I'll just stick it back as a loan repayment. That's simple, Joey. You kind of talked about having a system of policies. My assumption is you're thinking along the same lines. Yes, no doubt. And, it, you know, when it comes to a system, Nelson always referenced it as a system of policies and I always knew I would expand. In fact, did so. Y'all have already heard me say on the podcast within the first year I had three policies and it didn't take long for that to get confusing for me. To be honest, I'm just I'm not incredibly detailed. Um, shockingly, you, you know that from hearing me speak, but I, I would get to the point where I would take a loan and then I would be at the point where I needed to pay something back. And I'd be like, well, which policy did I pull that from again? I'd have to go look it up and figure it out. It became a little bit more cumbersome than I would naturally, uh, you know, kind of find myself being attracted to. And, and so this whole idea of using a line of credit against all of my policies, I think we're up to over 16 personally, besides the ones you and I own on, on other businesses. And man, now I have one line of credit. I have one location that I borrow against. I can write a check uh, for whatever that purpose is, investing in our short-term rental business, in our land flipping business, whatever it may be. And then as I have this surplus, I now push it right back into that one location to repay those loans. Uh, and to me, I don't know, you guys have heard me talk about uh, the video I did years ago on income equals premium. Now this is like income equals premium 2.0. It's like, this is taking it to a whole new level, making it super simple for me to be able to see in one place. All right, I'm getting close to filling all these policies. It's time to start a new one. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about managing my portfolio of policies now just makes it super simple having that one location. So instead you? of having hands on 16 policies, you got to just on one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you still have to know that you have all these policies and where they're at and all that, but you have this one location that you can manage it all out of. And that, that makes it super easy. Well, let me take that practically because I'm doing the same thing. So imagine having all of these different premiums that come due and for each of us, I mean, we literally could have a policy premium due every single month. And what we do to help manage our cash flow 
is that, like Mark said, we're not sitting there trying to save whatever the annual amount is divided by 12 into a checking account, wait till it comes due and pay it. We actually set up our insurance policies to pay them annually. We take all our cash flow and we send it to the line of credit, which is reducing the balance against it. Because we've got loans out for land flipping, we got lo loans out for ATM investing, loans out for short-term rental, for long-term rental, for crypto miners, own and own and own. There's so many things that we've taken loans out for. So we have a place for our cash flow every single month, regardless of high or low, to put it back in. And then when those premiums come due from the insurance company, I'm literally about to do this today, write a check from the, from the line of credit to pay the annual premium, which all I've done in essence, I've been saving for that annual premium through my repayments, both for loans and my savings for future premiums. I, I'm taking my, my dollars I want to be putting away in saving, as well as dollars that are coming back from all of these investments we have. All of that's going into one big pot. By being able to manage that, what it's done for me, Joey, it's allowed me because now I've got to the point, thankfully, where I'm no longer using those dollars like I used to maybe for lifestyle expenses. I'm using those dollars for investment purposes, business purposes. So when I go at the end of the year, I can literally take the bank statement where the credit, uh, where I've uh, paid interest to the bank for the year and I hand that to my accountant, it's cut and dry. Mm. I don't have to go get all 20 something interest statements from the insurance company that they don't give me, by the way, that I have to call and request that I have to say, Hey, can you give it to me as of the end of uh, December 31st, which they don't like to do. I, we end up wasting a couple hours trying to get all this stuff and sending them 20 something statements. Yeah. That's a nightmare. I got one statement. I mean, time is money. We have to find ways to reduce time. And for me, practically that has been a huge help. I would like to keep keep along this um, line of thinking because I think there's tips and hacks that we've all experienced throughout using our own policies that the person listening to us right now could take from this and help. And some of these may be way more advanced than the person's at, but also there could be something really simple. Mark, would you like to jump in and maybe share like a tip or a hack that you think would help somebody? Personally, for me, a budget. Uh, I, years ago, I sat down and I wrote out my first budget because I needed to know where the money was coming in, where it was going out, uh, cell phone, you know, insurance, uh, food, water, electric, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's painful. It's painful to do it the first <laughs> time to get brutally honest with yourself. And normally the first one is not that great. And then, but you, you, you go back a little bit later and you do it again, and then you do it again and you do it again. And if you get in a habit, I'm going to tell you every month when my rental statements start coming in, when my ATM statements start coming in, when my other investment statements come in, I'm super excited because I get to go into the spreadsheet and update it. And I get to see how my month is getting better and better. And then I go to QuickBooks and then I put it in there and then I get to see all that, all that cash flow that's happening. So it's, it's like a reward. It, it starts out as it, it's like going to the gym, right? When you, when you first want to get in shape, it's horrible. No one likes that. There's no results. You don't see anything. It takes four to six weeks to actually have a measurable result, but then it gets easier and easier. And then it's just maintenance. Such a great point. Yeah. And that, you know, that's what we talk about in the community. You can buy the automated budget course. If you don't have one to go by, that's a great one to start with. Uh, for the most part, it actually, you know, keeps you from having to go in every single month. It, it, it really takes a lot of the headspace. 
and uh, automates it for you. So check that out in the community. You can purchase that. Ernie, what would you say? What would be a tip or hack that you would share with somebody? Yeah, I, I think probably having monthly premiums and policy loans out. We got cash flying all over the place. The system, multiple policies too, right? Multiple monthly premiums. Maybe those happen at different points of the month and trying to make loan repayments on these schedules and be disciplined, right? Started well, but system has expanded and gotten more complex. So man, for me, going to pay premiums annually, especially as these first couple policies are older, put a dollar in, get better than a dollar in them. It's a no brainer <laughs> to simplify that and pay premium annually. Even if even it's a policy loan to pay the premium annually, because now I can just chunk back everything uh, that's happening in the household cash flow has loan repayment and control that entirely. And by the way, on that point, on these loan repayments, I think one of the hacks that has been really helpful is uh, typically the insurance company, they're happy to set up a monthly loan repayment draft. And that's what, that's probably what we all started yep. doing. Uh, but we've learned you can use your online bill pay and set up the insurance company as a payee, direct your loan repayments from bill pay to your particular policy, which one put in the policy number, put in the memo loan repayment and fire those things off. You can set it from your bill pay to be done monthly if you want it like that, or you can have it saved and fire off uh, onesie twosie payments when the, when the months you have cash come in and do that. I think that's a, those are tips that just to make a system, Joey, what you're talking about, simplified. Mm. And one more thing, paying premium manually, I don't think people oftentimes think this. Um, I think about it all the time because my brain thinks this way. There's a little fee to be on a monthly draft from the insurance company. So you pay premium annually. It's a little, it's the true cost. Uh, but also that you pay your premium annually, the insurance company gets all the money, applies it to your policy and you earn a better dividend as opposed to giving it to them on a month by month basis. So you pick up a little efficiency doing it that way. I love that. Yeah. And that's definitely a great way to explain that. And I think um, we all can learn from those lessons. And if you can't pay your premium annually, go find your stepmom and offer a deal. <laughs> yeah, that one too. <laughs> JD, how about a tip or a hack? A little tip or a hack. I will expand on what I was talking about earlier is to get clarity on, on, on a goal. Um, for me, you know, having policies was was nice but i never really used them you know i just they were just there because it was a cool place to store cash um but i would you know rather put money in the bank because i had easier access to it but once i got laser focused on what it was that i was really trying to accomplish which is how do i get my time back so i can spend more of it with my family um, that created all the world of difference for, for me and for us and, and even for my wife, right? Her being able to get her arms around what we were doing and why we were doing it. Uh, so, so it's, it's having a goal. I don't care if it's paying off debt or what it is, but it can't just be this really cool tool that you have and you only take it out when you think you need that tool. Mm. If you've ever been to Home Depot and saw a really cool tool and you buy it, but you don't really need it, it's just a cool tool, right? I have a I, lot of those in my, in my garage right now. I Actually. don't because I don't make those impulse purchases, but I see a lot of really cool tools that I want to buy and I don't buy because <laughs> I know I wouldn't use them. But the point is 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 still the same. Uh, so for me, it would be um, getting clarity on a goal and then also getting over the idea that it's called a loan. That was 
probably the biggest mind shift for me was getting over the fact that it's called a loan. Because when I think of a loan, I think I put a dollar into that loan. I know I never get it back. And yep. with IBC, it's a line of credit. I put a dollar in, I can get that dollar right back out if I need it. Yeah. But J- JD, great point about clarity. And, and I just want to, for those of you who may not have already taken advantage of this, get on a call with one of these coaches. Like the whole goal of that 15 minute call is free, by the way, get clarity. Like these are, these guys are guides to help you get to where you want to go. And sometimes it's, it's helpful to have that third party objective person saying, let me figure, let help you figure out exactly what you want to have happen and start putting your money to work towards that goal. Cause without that, you're just spinning your wheels. You're stuck on the hamster wheel. You may be literally doing that nine to five and not know any way out. And this is this is where it starts. You can go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call and uh, jump on a call with these guys. One of the things that I heard you say there, JD, is that getting your spouse on board with this. And I think this was really hard for, for me and for some others that they didn't have a goal. And so they weren't using it. I'm going back to the example of the client I was talking about earlier. They hadn't used their system. If they were to talk to their spouse about what they have, the spouse would be like, what is it? I've never seen it. I've never used it. I've never benefited from it, right? It's just this thing. It's like, well, I think I get a statement. Maybe it comes once a year. Like if you're like me, it can have that one time it came a year, get thrown in the trash can. I mean, right? So if you don't see it, it's out of mind. You don't even know that you have it. It's not a benefit to you. But when you have a goal of what you're going to do with it and you start using it, you immediately see the benefits of it, right? Yep. We we see the benefits of the things that we're constantly at use with. So Stallion, you've probably got a tip or two. What would you share? I'm, I'm going to probably come off the top ropes a little bit here. Is that okay? Bring it on. So I was that guy that started with one policy that I could immediately see, like I'm I'm simple-minded guy. No, no comments from you, Russ. Is that okay? the top rope? Um, <laughs> Were you trying to get <laughs> underneath the top rope? Just or what? beating himself up. I'm a simple-minded guy, and I I could see one use right out of the gate, and I started this one policy, and then shortly thereafter, six months later, started a second one, then a third one. Here, here's the the thing that I want to point out is that most people are like I was, and that is they start with what they can they can see today. Because they're they're thinking about this as well. I'm going to lose access to some money first. I I can't put too much in this. But if you are focused in, just like JD's talking about on building passive income, you are a producer. Like you are already going to be creating more value in the future than you are today. And so start a policy that is almost scares you a little bit because eventually that thing is going to catch up. And you're going to blow past it. You have, you have a lot of factors at play, right? You can only keep that paid up additions rider on there for so long. And then it drops down. And trust me, for all of us who have had paid up additions riders fall off and you can no longer put the additional money into that policy, it's a sad day. Trust me, you wish you could keep putting it in because that money continues to grow, continues to grow. And you're like, man, now I got to start a new one. Um, three years, four years, six years, however long in that you are, build a policy that even if you had to borrow from it early on to keep it going, 
you're going to be able to refill that thing if you are constantly creating passive income. That Again, maybe that's a little aggressive for some folks, but you will always look back and wish you'd done more. Well, what I would say is some of us, and uh, Kristen and I, I are, we're chatting here, some of us could and be um, maybe splurge spenders on things like clothes or shoes. Those are things that I love to, to buy. I like your new shoes. Thank you. Thank you. Now, but <laughs> technically they don't bring money into my family, right? Now, I mean, I, I have had some people compliment on those. Who knows? They may end up following the podcast after that. I'll try to figure out a way to make that a write-off. <laughs> But at, at the end of the day, if you're That's going, I know that the premiums that I've paid over the years, there was times where I, maybe that first year I couldn't afford the premium I had. And, and for years <laughs> after that, plenty more as I added another policy, I had another policy and I get competitive and I'm like, well, Joey's buying another one. I got to buy two. <laughs> But that's the one thing that is a good thing to splurge on, right? If you're going to splurge on forcing yourself to save, because I have a lot more money sitting in cash values than I would have ever had, had I not done that, right? This is a great thing. And then, by the way, when all of that got matched up with our passion for, for passive income and cash flow, it just became a great place to put money. And then now I've even got a bigger problem, right? What I'm, I'm experiencing what you're saying is that, I need bigger systems because now not only do I have the income, the income's growing, but also now I have passive income and it continues to grow. Yeah. All right. No well, doubt. this has been a great discussion. Thank you each and every one of you for, for sharing your own personal tips, what you think about toward your own system. I, I hope that this was helpful to you as you were listening to this, but we've got to go ask some questions of the inner circle members and try to help them with their systems and, and answer questions that they may have. So if you, uh, are not already an Inner Circle member, you can go back and watch this Q&A that's getting ready to happen. Just go to wealthwellwallstreet.com forward slash Inner Circle. As always, have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.